The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. to invite you to listen to the Sharon Klein Hour, The Power of Water, Your Changing Environment and Your Health. I'm Sharon Kleina. I am founder and chairman and director of research at Biologic Aqua Research Center in Oregon, and my idea behind the show every week has been for you and I to discover more about life on this earth and the ecosystem changes. Um, I've been in research to discover the understanding of water technology throughout the world, have filed some patents, awarded patents, and found myself very much involved in the discovery and findings that what we are living with on this climate, in this climate, in this earth, is you and I are living with the earth. It's not going to live with us. You have to learn as I have to learn to study every day and if you can learn to discover and find the excitement of don't just always live in your skin, live out in the air you're breathing with the power of all the faith you have, that living on the earth is learning more every day. Don't take it for granted for a second. Earth has secrets. And once you learn how that, what that secret is, you'll learn to live with it as you go. You'll flow just like the water. It is so important for you to learn that around the world, water is life. It's everything to do with live it or make it or break it life. You are a walking sponge, trillions of cells, water in those cells, operating you every day with an electrolytic ability for you to be an individual. The moment you were born, you entered the air you breathe from a pocket of water, you began life at that moment with a dehydration. That dehydration is individual. No two eyes alike, no two complexions on the skin alike, no two fingerprints alike, no, you're, you're unusual, you're different, you're unique. I'm different, I'm unique. And as I studied all those years, water, we can't do without it internally or living with it on the planet. This show is to bring in these special guests that believe in you and all there is on the planet with life. They've dedicated their lives to the planet, either your health or the health of your, of your planet, the earth. It's that secret. And as you learn more about embracing it, that special moment, and don't say goodbye, because if you said goodbye, that means you're not going to care about anybody else. You're going to live self-involved, and that's not what this power and this plan has been. Today we have the most exciting guest. I was really excited about the specialty of this, Dr. Glenn Steele from Memphis, Tennessee, who's the professor of chief of pediatrics and vision therapy with infancy. You know how I am with the topic of children and babies being born uh, and their eyes. We're going to learn a lot today, so listen well. Our second guest is Al Nash with the Yellowstone National Park, which is one of our favorite subjects, and it's the world's first national park. Yellowstone is absolutely unique of all that there is there and what we're doing there on the United States to protect it. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature Sears Eye Mist, the natural method of moisturizing your eyes with tissue culture grade of water with just a mist. 
because your eyes do get dry because the eyelid is open. We'll listen to our sponsor, Nature's Here's Eye Mist, and we'll be right back with Dr. Steele. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to talk. Good morning, Dr. Steele. How are you? I'm doing fine. And you? Well, I am fine. And I want to thank you. I know how busy you are, but this is a very important topic, and I'm glad that you could find some time to be in uh, this classroom, I call it, for the future, and uh, teach our listeners about infancy and what you've been obviously dedicating your life to. Um, Dr. Steele, you are the Chief of Pediatric Service at the Eye Center in Southern uh, College of Optometry. That's correct. And uh, you've been doing work with some other companies like, I believe, Johnson & Johnson in research. Yes, we, uh, they are the partners uh, with us in the, um, uh, the infancy program. They, they've, uh, through their charitable contributions, we've been able to establish an infrastructure um, in doing these exams on the babies uh, prior to their first birthday. And this is done without cost to parent or insurance company or, or any other source. We have about 8,000 doctors across the country who have volunteered to participate um, in providing these eye assessments without charge. Now, um, I'm going to share something with you, um, Doctor. I have discovered something recently. I had Dr. Marguerite McDonald on as a guest, and we were discussing the infant children, a baby born, mm-hmm. and how many babies that are born that have a, t- uh, a weakness to a cataract. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to mention, I think I, I was 250 babies born uh, with a weakness to a cataract. Mm-hmm. Now, let's, have, let's make this show today a milestone for the future, for getting uh, um, a new goal, a new mission for our society to get to prepare that when that baby is born, the parents need better education on eye checkups. And uh, let's say they're in a community that doesn't have a doctor go through before the baby leaves. Uh, let's say they're in a community where there's no um, pamphlet. On, and we'll even read the pamphlet uh, because it's just one more pamphlet. But we need better, we really need a new mission uh, called Mission Possible, let's call it. <laughs> that, that's exactly what we're trying to do uh, with, with uh, infancy. Uh, when, when we first started, we... Um, so, well, we'll make this available through the Internet and through a watch line. Well, we found that in, in some of our um, um, dealings with, with various communities 
across the country um, that that everybody doesn't have access to the internet or everybody doesn't have access even to a phone and so rather than using a shotgun approach we have started trying to develop a a, a single shot rifle approach if you will to just really zero in on on the various communities for instance in West Virginia with one of the projects we found that uh, newspaper uh, advertisement did not bring it in as much as actually putting a flyer in the itinerant maternal and child health workers, taking them to the uh, the babies whose parents were their clients. So we we now, we, Dr. Steele, I'm, yeah. I'll interrupt once in a while because sure. I know the listener might be thinking uh, to themselves, and I right. You know, I'm hoping you're not only going to those who can't afford it. I found out. And I'm going to make a statement, a blunt, very bold statement. I found out, without a doubt, there is no education about eyes from birth. Now, enough. Now, let's say you leave with two eyes and and then the parent's gone, and with all the happiness, let's say, and all the things you have to learn to be a parent to that next child or the first child and all that goes with the distractions you do, all of us, that we forget that those eyes... And would you explain to us, before you move on, every single person, the moment they're born, they entered in the air they breathed, no more water around them, and they opened, doctor, the eyelid. And the only protection you have on that eyelid, oh, by the way, in the womb, the eyes were connected to the brain immediately. Mm-hmm. So therefore, when you open that eyelid at birth, and all of a sudden, you've lost all that moisture around you like a suction cup, and then all of a sudden, here comes the eyelid opens, and the eye only has a clear tear film that must stay about 98% moisture water at all times to be healthy and have the energy fed from the brain, because the brain is 80% water also. That what, they're not giving an emphasis on, and I'm finding this a crisis, and the reason I say that, doctor, and what you're doing is absolute life-saving, and Johnson & Johnson and that new not new movement, but what you're trying to do for everyone, that we need to have an emphasis. It's a crisis. The the individuals that are born with not enough eye education and checkups the third month, and at the moment the third month comes, there should be very much of an emphasis on helping you and all of your volunteers and what everybody needs to do to support that, to get those babies a checkup. The sixth month, and then when they get a little older, the parents need to be watching the organ of the eye. Is it really, is it really dilating? Is it really looking healthy? Is it, and the other thing, you know, when Dr. Scott Jens was on, Dr., uh, he was one of my favorites in the past there. I just wanted him on every time I had a break, and I, I, know I do, because of your group. And he said, too, that what happens is here's this baby born, and the baby, the family doesn't detect what is happening with the baby and I, on the, when the eyes are, you know, uh, looking at you with emotions brand new. And, doctor, I said something that I had never thought of. You know when a baby is born, I bet they think they're hearing you through their eyes, too. They don't know they have ears. They, they don't separate senses at all not. very much during those first of years. Not. They're, they're not aware of... Um, uh, of specifically looking at 
that's you, that has to develop. And then separating hearing from vision, that has to develop. So it, it's just like some of the primitive reflexes. Uh, blinking is one of those primitive reflexes to protect uh, the, the, the front surface of the eye. But if, if you don't have those in place, and you don't begin to separate them later on, then so you're talking you if the baby doesn't have that if in the place. the baby doesn't have that right, yeah. if the baby doesn't start separating vision from hearing, yeah. um, then life becomes more difficult for them. Um, well, when, Scott, that, doctor, when Dr. Jen said this, um, you, know, you know, I'm following, a, a, to me, this is important, and I will do everything I can with what's called Mission Possible to get education out there as much as we can with the parents having a baby and in the classes before the baby comes and doctors preparing the mother before the baby comes mm-hmm. and what they need to do. I'm, uh, I'm pretty well convinced with my background and research, and remember, I am not, I'm novice, even though I've done some milestones of technology breakthroughs. But I need to tell you, I'm convinced that that, that discovery of when that baby's eyes were open at that moment, that very first moment, there's an emotional attachment to the eyes and if the eyes are not healthy, Dr. Steele, we've missed something very important with an emotional future. And, and not only have we missed it there, we've, we, we're missing the ability to make that connection to the world around them. Absolutely. You. you know, and, and you know, it sounds like, you know, it's kind of like I used to say, because you know the, sh- the title of my show is The Power of Water, and you know, and years and years and years ago, how would you have liked to have made your career on, well, you did it with eyes, and the people didn't understand eyes either, but how would you have liked to have taken a whole different water technology to the world and say, this is important, we need to learn this, let's bring it into our new uh, discovery, and here I am. And then all of a sudden, in the past few years, I'm going, oh my gosh, this baby, and, and Dr. Jens taught me this and taught us this, especially myself in research, that if we don't get started at birth, and if they could have, they could have, uh, we're now learning the word billions. Uh, let's say they have billions in the bank. Well, it doesn't mean anything if you have unhealthy eyes, and they have to be detected from birth, and we need to check this out from birth uh, with what is happening with the baby's emotions and, and, and what is happening with the baby's uh, understanding of what it, what it needs to have for its consciousness and its brain power and its whole lifestyle. They forgot the eyes, Dr. Steele. And I, isn't it funny? It's kind of like the obvious of water. They forgot that too. Yeah. And then they forget the human eye is the eyelid is open and the eye organ is exposed without the skin over it whenever that eyelid is open. That, that's correct, and, and that's where, again, the blinking reflex has to come in. And, and that's one of the things, for instance, later on, I want to come back to two statements you made, but later on, the, the baby and, and the child, whenever they get to watching TV or playing video games, uh-huh. you will notice there is a decrease in the amount of blinking, um, which, which will feed right back into your concerns about hydrating the, the front surface of the eye. But I want to get back to one of the things you said about no matter how much money you have, our national honorary spokesperson is President Carter, and he had two grandchildren whose vision problems weren't detected until they were in grade school, and they had lazy eye and they had to wear a patch and other kinds of things. 
and uh, he said this should not happen in this country, uh, let alone in the world, but definitely not in this country. He said, I have the means to be able to take care of this, and it wasn't discovered. What we're also discovering in, in um, some of the locations that we have gone to through a CDC grant is those babies whose parents' income level is below an average poverty line have significantly greater incidents of eye problems than those who are above the poverty line. Mm-hmm. And, and so... It, it, even though you have a lot of money, number one, they're not often detected. But number two, particularly when you go into those environments where there is is less opportunity for care, uh, then the problems are significantly multiplied. I had a woman over the weekend, strangely, it's my uh, sister-in-law and my niece who wanted, was worked, she trained and got ready to be in the sheriff's department. And it came time for all the final examinations, and she went in, and they, her eyes wouldn't pass. So I sent her in to one of our medical people, ophthalmologist, and he said, I'm so sorry, Sandra, there's nothing you can do. You probably had this since birth. My sister-in-law said, Sharon, I am framing myself because I didn't know. And I said, don't blame yourself, Willie. Yep. There is no, there's not enough education from birth available to many families to think about it. They didn't even know their daughter had that problem. And that's exactly what we're trying to do with the... And it, by the way, it was that lazy eye description yes, you had. Yes, yes. And yes. We're, we're trying to change the culture where parents are becoming more aware of it at an earlier age. Um, and, and, and again, that's why this 6 to 12 months time frame is so important because if you identify those problems early before it becomes a lazy eye or amblyopia, which is the technical term for that, before it, if you identify it before the, it, you get get to that stage, then your chances of, of uh, overcoming that or being successful in treatment of that um, uh, increase exponentially. So it, it just becomes a much, much um, higher incidence of, of recover, treatment and recovery uh, by finding it early. Now, the other thing to find it early and to be that really, that parent that not a, that learns to do whatever they have to do to help that young baby grow and be a, a very healthy um, adult in life is the fact that their emotions. See, I'm watching, and when Dr. Jen said something about their emotions, uh, that they're having different emotional difficulties, you might look into that. That could be the eyes. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's very true, and, and um, it, it, it all depends, uh, again, extending them down. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. What they found was um, a, a significant um, amount of farsightedness. She had no clue where that floor was. Right. And until that began to, uh, uh, until they prescribed the appropriate glasses, and this is something that's very simple, prescribing the appropriate glasses for her, now she knows where the, the floor is and begins to extend her feet. What, what she had been told by the, the medical caregiver was that, well, she's got a whole bunch of developmental problems that we need to address. Interestingly, the statement was that are more important than her eyes. Yeah, there we go. There and, we go. And, and so they place the developmental yeah. issues above the eyes. Now we take care of the eyes. Surprisingly, most of the developmental issues go away. Now, I'm gonna, this, is, this is an interesting show because I've been in research a long time. And we're going to come back. We're going to listen to our sponsor and come back in a minute. The one thing I'm curious on, and it's just theorized, it's just have an evaluation I thinking, what if they would find that a tension deficit from birth has something to do with the fact there's something in, in the, uh, unhealthy in the eyes? Um, I think that that certainly is within the realm of possibility. Maybe not the only cause. Not the only, case, not the whole. But no. it could be one of the triggering factors. The trigger. Um, I, 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 Let's I think about it out loud when we get in, back for parents okay. to think. We're going to listen to our sponsor, and uh, let's come back and have an, a theory. Okay. to think about. We teach our parents and all of us to think uh, beyond, be more proactive. Uh, we're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, the method of moisturizing your eyes with tissue culture-grade water with just a mist. We'll listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Dr. Steele. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Dr. Steele, um, I want to ask you something about what you've been doing in your research and some of the evaluation theories. This is all, and uh, listeners, this is just think, uh, think tanking and, uh, together here. Um, when we're looking at the babies and we're trying to learn more about the health of the eye individually, and as the individual is in the, in the home, living with the home, the, I've wondered in the back of my mind, now that I've been learning more, and that's why that time with Dr. Jens, I said, oh, my gosh, Dr. Jens, I never thought about it. The baby probably thinks, because how would they know they have ears? Their, their emotions are, are, are all connected to the brain, and their emotions are based on what they feel, see is feeling and hearing. So all of a sudden, maybe the baby isn't, doesn't have healthy eyes, and the, if we don't catch it in time, it could have an emotional effect on that person for a long time, if not forever. Um, I want us to sort out a, a couple of things before we start down this. What, what research is showing 
uh, has not yet caught up to a lot of what the thinking is. However, in the archives of ophthalmology, in I believe it was June the edition, um, they uh, they did show that a um, a child or a person with exotropia, which is an eye drifting out. Um, has a nearly threefold increased risk of developing mental illness by early adulthood. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think this is the, the first start in saying, you know, the way we are is, is, is impacted by all of our senses, but the, the fastest, most primary sense that we have is vision. Oh, my. It's, it's, you know, I came to the conclusion... In fact, many, many, many years ago, uh, Dr. Steele, I had been studying the dry air, and I was really worried about uh, what was happening to stress. And I decided to dive in and learn more and not write the book yet and get into the research and uh, discovery of what I could do with the technology of water availability for the putting your hands and offer something what the air isn't giving you as a new benefit. Okay, I'm coming along and I'm studying, and I was very, I knew that melanoma was going to take more lives in long term than anything available because the air was just getting too dry. Well, ophthalmologists came to me years and years ago and said, Sharon, we, are, we found that the tear film is being affected by the eye drops. Could you come up with that same idea with the theory you did with the skin? It needs to be moisturized. And I said, well, what are you saying? Because I had never heard of and he said, I've just been into the skin and water. So I dove in for eight months and learned. And I was very, very surprised that the lack of education, that how deep I had to dive into to learn more about the tear film all by itself, number one. Mm-hmm. But then I found myself very surprised. And remember, where I come from, doctor, is it's kind of like my brother, Ron Cowan, graduated from Wharton with an MBA. And he said, Sharon, we walk out of Wharton business school and we had to go out and practice what we've been learning and he said Sharon you are studying everything from experience because you're from the out you're on the outside and and the rest of us are on the inside doing what we're doing see Dr. Steele I am on the outside as a layman and my openness and my visions are so objective that I see things that I, I find that are critical enough as a layman that maybe I'm not so close to the in the laboratory or to the patient. And when I noticed that that tear film and that organ of the eye, once it comes out of that womb, has been overlooked by the seriousness of how serious the eyes are over, I'm going to ignore the rest of the organ for a while. I'm going to say, take the eyes first and then go to the skin second, (laughs) then the nutrition, because, well, it's a package. It's like you said, doctor. It's not one thing only. It's it's a package, but... but in, in my opinion, vision has to become the leader. It has to. Oh, thank you. Uh, if, if, if it doesn't not become crazy. the leader, thank you. You, you can't play sports, you can't drive, you can't do anything. Well, your mental health. Uh, uh, yes. And, and it, for instance, if, if you're sitting across the room from me and you start peeling an orange, it immediately triggers a, a smell response, a feel response, a, a taste response um, that that I don't have to feel, touch, smell to know what that, those senses are going to tell me. In other words, it transfers that to the rest of my body. 
Mm-hmm. Um, if if you don't learn to differentiate and separate those, then vision can't become the leader. If you still have to touch and feel to know whether something is smooth or rough, if you still have to touch and feel to know whether something is soft or hard, um, and, and can't begin to make some of those judgments from farther and farther away, then that's going to impact sports, that's going to impact driving, that's going to impact distance and speed judgments. All of those things I'm going to go for the rest of our life. I'm going to go. My my most concern is mental health Mm -hmm. connected to the eyes. Um, Once I understood they're connected immediately in the womb, the brain in in the eyes, and then all of a sudden the brain is 80% water and the air is so dry, that means the eyes, uh, when your eyelid is open, they're on overload to pull the moisture out of the air of what they're not getting from internal. Mm where uh, and then, as you and I both know, and many know, macular degeneration is out of control. Yes, I'm shocked. I was just on a television show in Florida for the blind, and um, and it was all these individuals that had lost their eyesight, and one one woman who's uh, she was young had macular degeneration, and her son was it became. Uh, very prominent in their family, and I was surprised at all the people who have had macular degeneration or woke up one morning and were blind. Never had been any real, no no uh, no notice at all. Wake mm-hmm. up in the morning and their eyes were blind. Mm-hmm. Now it's because of something lack of detection from childhood, isn't it? Well, I I don't know that we know that, and we I don't, don't know, know that that's something that that. I have even put a, um, a link to, um, but I think one of the things that, that really is a concern for us with the Infant C program is starting to identify some of these things as early as possible. And, and I just don't think we have any good, clear data. I think there's been a lot of assumptions made um, that, that things are okay. When, when those are simply that, they're assumptions. I've heard it stated that nothing happens between six months and three years of age in a baby in terms of eyes. If that's the case, then why do we suddenly identify 75,000 new amblyopia or lazy eye babies at age three? Okay, I'm going to challenge that theory big time. Okay. I have learned our air is so darn dry. It is impossible. They cannot say that and be confident in that statement, that the air, when they've entered the air they breathe, they were born in a delivery room that had insulated windows and walls, forced air heating and cooling in that room. Mm-hmm. And, and I will say that those pre-existing, I want to call them pre-existing conditions, but amblyogenic factors, factors that are there that are going to cause or, or amblyopia, are there all along. Exactly. I, I will agree with that. Exactly, and my challenges are to the world, come on, let's get into some common sense too, doctor, is that I do, I agree with you. I think our eyes are the most important organ right now. I am going to say to the world, I'm calling it Mission Possible, to educate the world about baby, from the baby on, the mothers and the fathers should be educated before the baby's born. It should be a primary, a part of the emphasis besides nutrition and, and all. Um, and drinking a lot of water. Of course, you know me. I'm the water nut. Uh, drink a, I hope you're drinking a lot of water, Dr. Steele. <laughs> well, I'm a bottle right here beside Don't tell me you're a camel. <laughs> 
But anyway, oh, I'm back in Memphis, Tennessee. You're probably having humid weather right now. Oh, hot, hot and humid. But uh, back to the children now. Let's educate them with some time you have left with some of the topics that you think are important uh, that people that are listening should hear. Well, first of all, I think we need to know that it's just more than can can the baby see. And our testing is not, you know, the babies don't have to be able to read an eye chart to see. We, we have uh, various tools that we can measure objectively um, and, and watch where and how the baby responds, how they look, how they respond to um, a series of, of um, plain um, a, a set of paddles. One side's plain, the other side has stripes on it. And do they respond and look towards the side with the stripes on it? How do they look and follow a target as you're moving it in front of them? Because by that age, they should be able to maintain fixation better and look and follow. Parents can do that by just having them look and follow them across the room. By six months of age, they should be more accurately reaching and grabbing. That starts, it's not just a hand movement, it's a coordination of eye and hand. And that, that process starts prior to six months of age, but it should be in place pretty well by six months of age, just a gross reaching. So those kinds of things start at, at such an early age. Now, so are there some special toys? Are there toys, you know, when we think of a baby toy, Baby little toys must have some inventions that maybe were to give the baby um, a chance to look at something and, and smile or grin or coo uh, that certain toys. Are there certain toys that are you have noticed that are very good for doing some of these little, um, let's call them, uh, uh, um, uh, there's, a, there's a thing out there you play uh, uh, with the charades uh, with the baby. Is there a, w- a way that there, there are certain toys that they could recognize that that would be healthy for the eyes to follow? And uh, two, two things. N- number one, high contrast targets prior to six months of age. Okay. It just gives them something to really look at, and you've got a sharp edge on there, and now that becomes something that attracts them. Okay. But second of all, you know, what's what's missing, and I'm, I'm sort of old-fashioned, I guess, in a lot of this, but what's missing is just the games we play and engage the kids in. The old airplane game, whenever you're feeding them. You know, you don't have to have anything special. You're right. Just just engage them visually <laughs> from birth in everything you do. You are going to eat your baby's spinach, and here's the spoon. Look it over here. Look it over here. Uh-huh. Look, the absolutely. Mouth I mean, the, the, you know, we, we, we don't. Sure, some of those things are nice, but we don't have to have those things. You're right. You're right. Okay, what about being on the computer too soon or games too soon? Um, I, I think that has to be a, somewhat a family decision, but I would say in, in, in terms of kids three and four years of age, that's when they're going to start getting on the computer and trying to do things, and we as parents are going to push it. Just be careful about the length of time they stay there because what happens? They develop that ability to fixate in one point. When they start fixating, eyes stay open. And I'll come back to your side now and and say the longer eyes stay open, the greater the tendency to dry out. And and we, 
we have to be careful about putting the babies in situations and young kids in situations that are going to lead to more problems down the road. I even start with my... Well, that's your word you just said, infixation. Um, that is a good word I'm not going to forget because it happens to adults uh, of all uh, people of uh, all ages. They become in, in, in just hypnotized. Entranced was the word I was going to use, Entranced. but the same thing, yes, yes. And 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 if if you don't take frequent breaks, um, I, I recommend you know a break every fifteen minutes away from computer, and that means stand up and turn around and then sit back down. It doesn't have to be this you know go fix your sandwich or something like that. But I, I encourage a break every fifteen minutes and to be consciously aware of trying to blink as you're doing doing that. And maybe being aware of the addiction that's causing, because yeah. I'm going to be a little bold again, but I think it's causing an addiction of, of that word entranced that you said. Um, be, uh, people don't realize our eyes become addicted just as anything else can become addicted, and, and you're not blinking. Uh, uh, did you ever I, play I, that I, game with children, your friends, when you were a kid? Let's see if we can outstare each other. Right. Right. It almost makes your eyes burn. Right, right. And and, and, and you're getting a little personal here now. <laughs> because I've had to take all the, the games off my computer because it is very addictive. Okay, that, now thank you for saying that. It is. Yes, yes. I've just I've, I've taken them off. And, and that doesn't mean I never play, now, but I make it hard for me to have to play well, that now, game. Now, you did something that is so important because you are very understanding of what happens to the eyes and the addiction to the eyes. People don't realize eyes become addicted too because it's connected to the brain. You were smart enough to uh, say to yourself, oh, my gosh, I think this is too much fun. I feel too good about it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do less of this because I don't believe it's healthy for my eyes or my brain. Yes, and I, I think we all have to have to um, be aware of those kinds of things. And 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 even if you are addicted, take a break. Take a break because what I find with people who get started surfing, playing games, or whatever, they don't take breaks. And and then the time just gets away from them. There was this. I used to be president of the American Field Service in our community. In fact, I started it at many schools. And one year we had this student from Australia, and and way his parents and everybody away and Australian. I guess people like to have a, a cocktails. And he was saying his parents drank a lot. And he said that when he would drink, when he started over there young. And uh, they said that don't drink some, to the point you can never have another one because it tastes so good. In, in other <laughs> words, don't do anything that you ever know that potentially may overdo that you may never get to do again. Right, right. And, now, and, we have only one minute left. Uh, what would you like to close with with reminding the audience of how important it is with the eyes uh, the mission possible to be educated about baby's eyes. I, I, I just think that the whole concept that, that, that we have come up with is, with infancy is so important just for the long-term um, overall development of infant into children, into young adults, and, and, and even into adults. It sets that baseline. So it becomes so very important that we evaluate them early and determine any any um, issues. I won't even call them abnormalities, but issues that, that the baby has so that we can start on that early.
Get to know your baby. Get to know your baby. Get to know all about your baby. Get to know that person. And and don't put that don't put that the vision in a blind spot and assume because they reach for something everything is okay. Good for you. Well, thank you for your dedication too, Doctor, and everybody that's working with you and Infancy and the Johnson and Johnson company for dedicating their what they're doing. Their their charitable contributions have made all that that we do possible. Yes. Well, you have a nice day, and I hope you stay cool. Uh, thank you. Thank okay, you. Okay, well, and thank you for your time and today. We really did appreciate it very much. You're very welcome. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, I hope you learned. This is a classroom. This is like a research lab. I'll mention once in a while things to you and our guests that I'm theorizing and evaluating. Now, is it a fact yet? No. Uh, they also learned way back in time that the toothbrush uh, don't say it could prevent cavities, but today they do. So there's a lot to learn. Lip balm, what it can do, your skin creams. And now we're learning more about your eyes. So take it serious and, and learn more. And go to our, our new website is going to be up in categories. And when you come over to the category, you can find any things to learn more about uh, in your classroom of eyes and nutrition and more. And our guests will be uh, there to show you, uh, discuss with you, Uh, What we believe on the show is something to learn. You may have heard it all, but see if you haven't heard it all for your own personal lifestyle. Our next guest is going to be Al Nash. Al, are you with us? I am. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you, and thank you uh, for inviting me on the program. Well, Yellowstone is America, and uh, you know the first part of the show, the show is the power of water because you can't live without it. And Earth won't exist without it. And then, of course, our changing environment, which means the weather can change, right? And then your health and the Earth's health. And when we bring the, the park systems on, like yourself, Al, we learn so much about the Earth we're living with, but we have to remind our listeners the Earth is living on its own. We're living with the Earth, and it's a brand-new day every day, such a miracle, and it has secrets to teach us. Well, and, 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 you know, we all went through school uh, learning, especially about geology and that things, geologic, happened in the distant past. One of the exciting things about Yellowstone is the, the power of nature you talked about uh, and the, the aspect secrets. of geology yeah. um, is something that we can witness firsthand uh-huh. uh, anytime we're in Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. Well, Yellowstone, uh, now, uh, you're going to discuss with us today, uh, did you have a particular topic? Uh, you know, I'm just here to, uh, to help your listeners uh, okay. just get a little better sense of the place. Now, I've been uh, hearing a little bit more about the, um, uh, is it the uh, earthquakes or is it our volcanoes? Well, uh, well actually both. Uh, both, you're having a little more. Okay. Um, Yellowstone sits on top of a super volcano, mm-hmm. and now, this let's is say, a... Let's, let's stop because we've got listeners all over the world. Uh, Al, before we get going, you're sure. the relations officer there. I, I am the public affairs officer here okay, in Yellowstone. Okay, so you're, you're, you know a lot. So My job is to know a little bit about a lot of things here. Okay, there we go. <laughs> now, um, Al, when, when you say it's on top, it fits on top of a volcano, describe for our vision, our vision, what does it mean when you've got an enormous... How many acres is the park? 
Yellowstone is about 2.2 million acres. Okay, now we've got 2.2 million acres sitting on top of a volcano? Yes, there's a... Yellowstone is one of a handful of places across the world which uh, is setting atop a very thin area of the Earth's crust. There, so the, the hot molten magma from the core of the Earth is close to the surface here. And we're above an area that has exploded several times in the past as a very large volcano. And geologists tell us it will happen again someday. Now, um, have you any seismic-type um, recordings with all this fabulous technology? Where would be your seismic um, uh, technology be? It's probably not there at the park. Where would no, it... we, we actually have um, a, a number of different types of seismographs and borehole strain meters. Okay. This gets beyond my scientific understanding. That's okay. We're, just, we have, we're in a classroom we have a, here. We have a great infrastructure okay. here in the park mm-hmm. to be able to monitor. Well, the Yellowstone people. National Park is the first national park in the whole wide world. It is. It's, uh, you know, it's been said that this is one of the best ideas the United States ever came up with. And you let the rest of the world hear it. Yeah, uh, yeah it, you know, and it's probably the best idea we've ever exported because mm-hmm. many countries across the world have taken this idea and adapted it to their own unique situation to protect mm-hmm. special places. From Yellowstone. Yes. Okay, now tell us more about the volcanoes. Now you started having some earthquakes. Well, we do. This is a very geologically active place. So with all that hot magma underneath, it has resulted in a very a very dynamic place. Visitors get to see some of that by coming here and seeing the hot springs and the geysers. Mm-hmm. It also means that we're prone to a great number of earthquakes. Mm-hmm. Um, the earth does shift a lot here. We have thousands of earthquakes every year here. Oh my goodness, thousands of earthquakes a year. Most of them are so small that no right. one feels them. Now, that because of the plates... It's yes, because, because of the, the, the dynamic uh, geologic situation here. So we get a lot of earthquakes. Um, very few are felt, uh, felt by people. Even fewer cause any kind of damage. Uh-huh. Um, so, again, it's a place um, that has seen big earthquakes. We see a lot of them. They're really small. But, it, again, it's an exciting uh, exciting place to be because it is so geologically dynamic. Now I'm going to ask you a question, and uh, we don't have to answer it if it's leading you into an area, but I bet the wildlife almost tell you before one comes. Do you see any relationship to where the wildlife feel it? Uh, you know, we really don't because of the uh, we're not there in a position to, to, to watch the animals that closely. Okay. Um, you know, I've certainly heard people who suggest that the animals are indeed a little more tuned into the natural world than we well, they're are. They're in tune to the rhythm. They're in tune to the rhythm of the earth and what's yeah. going on because yeah, they it, have it to be may, in, in fact, you know, we may have been uh, more tuned in in, a, uh, in an age where we weren't so wired. 
into yeah. the, you know, the oh, current culture. You. you said it, I didn't. I could, <laughs> and that's me talking. <laughs> you know, you're right. <laughs> uh, I don't know. But I'm also going to say. into any part of the oh, natural Al, I'm world also going to say, for some reason, our society on Earth, our culture, seems to think they're all so smart. And, and they don't realize that the Earth has secrets that if you sit... If you just sit stand still or sit on the ground and listen and don't move, just listen, that you might be surprised at the rhythm of the earth and how much you can feel it and the secrets it's offering to you to listen to. But we don't do that. And, and you know, for some of us who may find it a little more challenging to tune in, Yellowstone is a great place because you can see... Um, Things like hot springs bubbling and geysers going off. And if you make multiple visits here, you'll see things look different from visit to visit. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the you know that's one of the exciting things about the place. Now, tell us about your lodges for people to go to this fabulous place. You have a lot of lodges. There, there are um, a number of places to stay inside the park. Mm-hmm. Um, the most famous, of course, is uh, the Old Faithful Inn. Um, it's this beautiful uh, 100-year-old log structure. Um, it is still a bit rustic, but, you know, we certainly at least, you know, got into the concept of indoor plumbing. Um, and it is just a stone's throw away from the most famous geyser in the world. Uh-huh. Um, uh, another wonderful place to stay is the Lake Hotel. It dates from the same era, but rather than being of... Uh, of log construction, it really has more of a colonial flavor to it. But again, these were all built at a time where um, people uh, were called tourists, and that wasn't a derogative term at the time. Uh You know, they they bought a tour that brought them to the park uh, on, on the great trains that came across the western United States traveled through the park on wagon or stagecoach mm-hmm. and Got saw back. the unique places and stayed at a variety of, of, of lodging around the park. Uh, and visitors in this day and age can at least get a little sense of that. Mm-hmm. You know what is interesting, um, Alan, you can tell everybody over there, my, my evaluations is, uh, you know, we're going through what's called an economy environmental crisis. I'm calling it, it the economic climate crisis because it's changing, and there will come back again and circle again. People can still go places and do things that are not expensive to share lives with their family and, and get out and smell the fragrance of life on this planet and don't forget it. Uh, don't just zero sink in and think, worry about the unknown. Get out. Take a hike. Uh, go out and enjoy the picnics. Uh, go out and take a day drive, a Sunday drive. Go to the parks. Uh, take a couple of days or three days, go camping, be a little inconvenient and enjoy the camping out in the smell of the forest and enjoy life uh, the way the earth is uh, offering you this beautiful miracle of a secret. But you've got to go look for it. You can't just sit there and it's not going to come to you. Well, so, well yeah, and, and, you know, of course we love to have people come to Yellowstone National Park, but it is, you know, you don't just drop in and drop by. Um, it, it remains a good value uh, because you can determine how long you want to be here. Mm-hmm. You can determine how you want to stay in the area for it, that meets your desires and price range. The entrance fee, frankly, it 
compared to so many other costs that we pay is a pittance. It's $25 for a family for seven days. Now can't go, you can't take a couple of people to a movie and buy popcorn and a soda. Oh no, isn't that ridiculous? Too uh, now, well maybe and, and people and I'm saying to the world, come and camp and go to the lodges. But do you have a junior ranger system there? We do. You oh, know, it's a great wonderful. opportunity for kids to come here ah, and to just yeah. to, to sort of plug into the to the natural world. Yellowstone plug into the secrets of Earth. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Yellowstone represents a lot of great things, and it's not just about geysers and hot springs. This is a wonderful place to learn about nature, to observe wildlife, to sort of get yourself grounded. If you can't come here, though, for heaven's sakes, there are over 390 units of the National Park System, and so many states and communities have wonderful state and local forests and parks. If you can't get across the country, you can go across town and find some place to allow yourself to get just a little more plugged into the natural world. Yeah, you don't, you know, isn't it funny how we, it's interesting about our our personalities, but you could really get in your car and go only 30 minutes away and camp and get a world that you, it's not inside your house, don't have to go to the backyard. You can go camp for a night or two and only be 30 minutes from home. Absolutely. There are, there are options all over. Um, we do need people to reconnect with nature. We yeah. need them to, to get grounded a little bit better. This Not is, this is a, an era and a generation that expects immediate and instant and always plugged in. Yeah. And there's... Wired. <laughs> yeah, and, and we, we are that way. We want everything we're becoming in more that way. We're willing to be patient for the long, long term. But, but we do need to reconnect with nature mm-hmm. to, uh, to get an opportunity to, to appreciate the basic, wonderful, simple things around us. We do need people to, 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 to get a little more tuned into these places because uh, there's so many growing pressures on them. We need people to appreciate them so that they'll be here for the next generation to come. Well, our time is up, and we'll say for their audience to get to know uh, UL and to get to know the Yellowstone National Park, go to www.nps.gov backslash Y-E-L-L, Yell backslash. And we want to thank you for joining us. You are a world of information. And again, thank you, uh, thank you for giving me a chance to be on and just encourage folks to get out, whether it's across town, across the country, or across the world. And to Yellowstone National Park. Absolutely. Thank you. You have a nice day. Ye- Bye-bye. We appreciate your time. Bye. Well, it has been, we, this has been a very exciting show today to me in your classroom, your discoveries, and reminding you of things that maybe you already knew, but, oh, we're learning more. And what Al Nash said with the Yellowstone National Park, it is the oldest national park in the United States and the world. The United States contributed to that too, audience. All over the world, the United States is a contributor to the blessings of nature and the environment from way back. It's not a new idea. We learned a lot from Dr. Steele about our infancy and Johnson & Johnson's uh, mission possible to I'm calling it Mission Possible to learn more about when the baby is born, learn more about the baby's eyes. And I'm really glad that Dr. Steele agreed with me. It's the most important organ of your body. Learn more 
take care of yourself, eat right, drink a lot of water. Remember what I've learned and what I've been teaching. A glass of water is not enough. You need to have at least eight, one, uh, one size of cups of water, eight, eight of those a day to ten. I want to thank you for listening, and Earth has a secret. Embrace your life. Every precious moment, it's yours. Earth is whispering, never say goodbye. Leave your footprint, how important you've been to leave something for all of us. Thank you for listening, and have a nice day. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.